Hello, and welcome to The Feminine Gathering, a judgment-free and safe space to share stories of collective healing and to liberate the divine feminine within us. I'm Deborah. I'm Gemma. We're your hosts, and together we've created this space to welcome you to listen and chat with us as we discover how feminine and masculine archetypes play a role in our lives as we navigate these energies together. We explore how to step into our personal power by expressing our authentic selves. The Divine Feminine has been suppressed for far too long, and it's time we come together to set her free. This is more than a movement. This is a paradigm shift. Thank you for joining us. In this episode, we talk about the differences between women empowerment and feminine empowerment, and how the divine feminine and masculine energies can be a beautiful duality in our lives. We do get to experience both. Feminine empowerment is obviously a really important topic. I think it's one that's not spoken enough about. There's a real significant difference between women empowerment and like the women's rights movement, for example, which we've learned about over the last hundred years or so. Very different. And I guess there's a lot of correlation here between like women in work, women in corporate and what women are then expected to kind of bring to the table, so to speak, when it comes to the workplace. And there's almost this unconscious and unspoken expectation that women in the workplace or women at work need to behave like men in order to be successful. And I would argue that very much comes down to wearing a masculine mask. And when we talk about women in leadership, um, I argue, I, I strongly believe that you don't have to wear a masculine mask in order to effectively lead. Um, and so I think the, well, the purpose of our discussion today is really to explore what feminine empowerment looks like and feminine discovery and to identify and share how you can come to embody your feminine power and Deborah you would you be able to share what your how you would define the difference between that feminine energy and and that masculine energy and and what that might look like yeah yeah thank you um well I think to start off there you said that there's a difference between uh, feminine empowerment and this sort of women empowerment uh, or female empowerment and I think that what we first have to do is sort of tease them out in order to then go into the divine feminine and divine masculine and so when we talk about feminine empowerment we're really just speaking about the energy right there's excuse me there's divine masculine energies and there's divine feminine energies. So we're talking about feminine empowerment. We're specifically honing in on that divine feminine energy and empowering ourselves in that aspect. Female empowerment, you know, we're talking about our women empowerment, we're talking about, a, you know, a movement or yeah, basically a movement of a gender, a whole gender movement or women's rights movements and things like that. That has to do with a whole gender. And while the gender is and can be related to the energy it's not necessarily the same right because there are uh male genders or non-binary or whatever other genders right that can also uh associate themselves or relate themselves with divine feminine and divine masculine energies and the truth is that divine feminine divine masculine energies are in everything i mean not just people like they're in animals and they're in things and then they're in, in nature and it's all around us all the time so when it comes to that, it's just really important to know that what we're talking about here is, you know, this more feminine 
empowerment. And that's now alluding to the energy. So when it comes to divine feminine energy, this divine feminine energy is that energy that's linked to the shadow, right? So when you think of yin and yang, you have yin, which is the divine feminine and yang, which is the divine masculine. And so the yin is the shadowy part of our, of our psyches. And it's associated with the subconscious. It's associated with creativeness and being, you know, still and patient. It's also the energy that's nurturing and loving, compassionate, takes a moment to, you know, meditate and be with themselves and sort of, you know, foster that intuition and that knowing, you know, it's all of that. And then the masculine is the more assertive, the light, right? So if the yin in the feminine is the dark, the masculine is the light. And the light is the, it's also a creative force, but it's active, right? So while the feminine is creative and passive, the masculine is creative and active. So it's an active creator. And then we have all other attributes that are associated with it, like power, authority, action, uh, the more negative parts, I guess, would be, you know, I guess some feelings associated with like anger, which is also associated with power. Uh, then we have the, he's a productive, so feminine, I mean, sorry, masculine is productive. They are the also because of the action and they're also providers, right? So they're prov- productive and providers. And so it makes sense that in the corporate world or just in general, I feel almost the masculine tends to be, I guess, more respected uh, in society, uh, especially in the workforce, because it's what gets things done, right? If we just left things to the feminine, people, I guess, would assume that things wouldn't get done on time or things wouldn't get done right. Or that it would just sort of be wishy-washy because the feminine energy is kind of like up and down. You know, you think of like water energy, which is sort of like more fluid as opposed to what masculine energy would be, you know, more like, I'm thinking like tarot. So I'm I'm thinking wands and like action. So it's difficult because we've been conditioned to think that in the workforce, what counts and what matters is that productive, assertive, active force, which is why the feminine energies have been sort of suppressed and pushed aside because they're not considered as powerful or as productive, I guess, as a masculine. Yes, absolutely. And as we've spoken about previously, that feminine energy has been suppressed for far too long. And the longer that we continue walking around having to wear a masculine mask to kind of be, do and have all of the things that we want in the world, the more we're suppressing our authenticity and our real energy. And I think it's really interesting what you said about the shadow self as well, because something that then came to light for me is like, I guess the awakening of my own feminine energy in my current life journey I, I would say I wore a masculine mask for most of my life. And I don't know if this is a collective thing or if other people can relate, but 
a lot of the conditioning around society you know if you have masculine figures in your life let's say older siblings or from a parent figure or just friends and family around you that are very masculine led the chances are that that's going to influence you to to kind of be that way like we all look up to people older than us and authority figures around us and can be very influenced because we want to be like them and what what is that what is that then teaching us and as you said this isn't just about like what what that's teaching us as women because you don't have to be a woman to be feminine and also think that we all have a duality of both and there's a huge thing about tapping into both and I think that's what this is really about we don't want to be one or the other we don't need to all be standing on one on opposite sides of the road saying here's the men they're masculine here's the women they're feminine that's not what this is about. This paradigm is about duality. It's about unlocking the truth of who you are and your free expression. And I definitely think for me that I I had no idea just how influenced I was by the masculine figures in my life. And I outsourced this sense of a hero, like as Disney teaches us, you know, you're knight in shining armor, someone's coming to save you. And it was actually a really prominent point of my in my life where I realized that I needed to be my own hero, like be my own heroine, because no one was coming to save me, <laughs> you know? And that wasn't then about suiting up armor and, and going to war. It was about starting to unpick who I really was outside of the conditioning outside of who society has been telling me that I need to be from the newspapers to the magazines to the media to the people in my environment and everyone around me it was like that isn't who I really am I know I knew it was my deepest truth that it wasn't but it was up to me to go and figure out who that was outside of that and a huge shift was understanding that masculine force and how it was influencing and impacting my life. And I couldn't, I couldn't sit with it. I didn't know how to do or be anything else. Yeah, it's monumental and it's monumental to actually reflect on this because I, I really, I don't believe I'm alone in having this understanding or realization. I think for the most part, many of us are suppressing something inside us that isn't our truth, whether that's a masculine energy or a feminine energy or you know, it's really about bringing to light the fact that you can have both. And I guess just like even knowing and being aware that this exists out there is the first step to kind of that awareness and change. So you bring up a really good point and about, you know, knowing that there is a duality and that it's really about sort of embodying both. But that we're just so conditioned to be more in our masculine energies that we tend to forget that there's a whole feminine there too, right? That we need to integrate. And so my question then for you, and then, you know, I I can answer it too in my own way, but my question then is like, what made you realize that you were way too much in your masculine or what made, what was the, I guess that point in your life where you said, this has to change. This is not good for me. I'm not this person. Oh, 
That's a huge question. I think it's a it's definitely an important one. The first thing that comes up for me there is thinking that it wasn't an identification of masculine. It wasn't. I didn't have you know go to some event. It was actually I was at a really awesome webinar seminar with with Tony Robbins, and I I mean he's like a phenomenal you know worldwide renowned coach and something that I came to realize during that event was the conditioning of the values and belief systems that I had and when I really dug deep in that area I realized that all of the traits that I had been so focused on being and becoming which were successful were to do with sales were to do with property were to do with being and having and grafting and hustling and being all of these successful things that were like monetarily successful and so it was like the definition of success for me was it wasn't just about being monetary but it was also about being and doing something that mirrored somebody else in my life and unconsciously I thought that and again unconsciously and I consciously then realized this that I was acting in a way that mirrored the behavior of of a masculine figure in my life and I thought that if I was doing all of these successful things and I was like them then I would be accepted and thereby loved and praised by society because um, yeah. mm-hmm. that again that was part of the conditioning completely unconscious but that's the environment around me that and it's a collective of where this comes from. So that was when I realized. And then I was like, okay, well, if I'm not all of these things, who am I really? Like, if my truth isn't this hustle, mm-hmm. like hustle, play hard, grafting, like super. I was burning myself out to the ground, by the way, as well. Like, I was doing so many goddamn things. I was working like, you know, 40 hours a week for a company, running businesses and closing sales like it was very there's nothing wrong with that and it's not like saying you can't do all those things and still be feminine because I still do a lot of those things but I I lead mostly from my feminine now but I still have to kind of tap into that masculine when I need to for sure and you know but it's a bit of a dance how about you what was the turning point for you how did you kind of discover that that was not your truth I think it was definitely a series of events for me I don't I do remember having an aha moment but it wasn't like I'm too masculine you understand because I think these concepts for me were still a little bit alien when all these bigger changes started happening around my life and to be honest when I started to have these changes I was still and as far as like my personal beliefs, I was still, I would say negated to anything spiritual at this point of my life. So it was really hard for me to then come into this more, these more spiritual concepts. And and even then, I wouldn't even know at this point, I don't think I'd really necessarily name them spiritual. I just think they're at this point part of life, but neither here nor there. What I'm saying is, For me, again, it was a series of events and it all started when I moved to the Dominican Republic. So I lived in the Dominican Republic for three years and I went to, I moved to the Dominican Republic originally to do some field work uh, for a dissertation because I was in a PhD program and things got a little shaky because 
my father had just passed away three months earlier before me moving and it was very sudden. It wasn't something that was expected. So that impacted me that summer because he died in June of 2015. So that was part of the impact. And then in August, I moved, late August, I moved to the Dominican Republic. And then by October, I was having some serious relationship issues with my partner at the time who ended up, you know, falling in love with some girl in the Dominican Republic while he was with me. And so all of this, these changes, plus because of everything that was happening, I ended up not passing my comprehensive exams that first time around. And while at this point, everybody's like, well, you know, what does that mean? Means that I was experiencing some really big shifts that were making me question a lot of things from what happened with my father to what I felt when my father passed away, because I felt something really powerful when he passed away, not expecting to. And then the move and then being, I guess, cheated on and then having issues with my field work and my comprehensive exam. It's just like a whole like bubble of things. And I think I realized during those months that I was doing something wrong. It was me. And I didn't know what that meant. I just knew it was me. And at one point, I think I remember sitting down in a corner in a room and being like, I'm the problem. This is me. I'm too aggressive. I'm too assertive. I'm to this, you understand? I want this this way. It has to be my way. And I didn't realize that those were masculine concepts at the time, right? I just knew that I was what I guess society would call a bitch. <laughs> and you understand? Because I was just very like selfish in my own pursuit of success, right? Whatever that looked like to me at that time. And I figured out really quickly that if I didn't start to do something about these traits, I was going to lose everything, which I ended up losing everything anyway, but I chose to. And that was a very different thing. There's a difference when you choose to lose whatever it is you have to become something better versus you lose it because you're so hard headed and you just don't realize that you need to change. And I thankfully, I ended up doing the former where I decidedly chose to just change my life completely and that's I think when I started really going into this whole rabbit hole of spirituality and feminine and masculine concepts and I realized what was wrong with my life that this feminine energy that was always been around us I was not embodying I didn't even realize what the heck that was and so much of the feminine energy or concepts of feminine traits of feminine energy, what I like to say, I just tossed aside as hush posh, like, this is crazy talk. That's not real. Like, you shouldn't be that way. And that's because, again, society sort of conditions you to do that. And I hate to kind of keep saying that society does this, society does that. I mean, to a certain extent, it's true. And then the other extent is that you unknowingly fall into it. You know, like we're we have to be responsible and accepting what society gives us. And I think that was one of the biggest things for me. It was like, I am responsible for having accepted this crap. And that for me was very changing. Like, I mean, very transformative, not changing. (laughs) So I think that's where it started for me. And that's when I started learning more about 
these feminine concepts, which I always knew about, right? I knew they existed. I just didn't realize that they were termed feminine and decided that I think I needed to be more of that in my life because as what happened to you, I didn't really know where I was going. I thought that life meant I needed to get a PhD. I need to become successful. I was going to be the first of my family to like be this person who reaches this high level of education and I'm going to make my family proud and I'm going to do all these amazing things. And life just kind of went, no, it's not like that girl. It Calm down. And so I had to reanalyze everything. And I think that's where things just shifted. Thank you so much for sharing that. I think that there's so much that comes up in this conditioning and in our own programming that comes from like society expectations from what we think our parents expect of us what we then expect and project into ourselves and there's this other side that's just deeply wounded and maybe that's a part of it maybe it's all integrated but you know you've you've spoken there about you know the loss of your father and also your partner at the time that then you know ran off with another another person and my goodness like the pain with that creates our own wounds but there's this sense of like the mass the wounded masculine as well like in order for someone to behave like that like they have to not you know there's there's a wound there that's not been healed which then projects onto us and we then get wounded and we have these awakenings and realizations and I think is there a sense of like, do we need to heal a lot of those wounds and that shadow self in order to awaken to this divine sense of feminine and divine sense of masculine? I think there's a huge amount of healing in that. And that's not to say that you have to go down this intense spiritual healing path or whatever that looks like. I don't know, like th- that's going to be a different segue for everybody, but I guess just thinking in terms of like the the content of what we're discussing here, which is around feminine discovery and unlocking your true potential, your true voice, your true self, your own authenticity. What would you say, what advice would you give to your younger self to help her do that be authentic and as simple as that advice comes off I think it's very hard and the reason is because true authenticity is accepting both your good and your bad or in other words your light and your dark aka masculine and feminine Mm -hmm. And so had I, as a young girl, accepted my quote unquote bad, right? My darker side, things may have been a little different. And authenticity is accepting all parts of you and being okay with it and still showing up anyway, knowing that you're not perfect. And that that's okay, because nobody is. And whoever tries to 
tell you that they are is just lying to themselves and let them, you know, continue on their way. But it has nothing to do with you. You are perfectly imperfect. I, I, do, I really do like that term. You're perfectly imperfect and embodying it, accepting it and being responsible for it and what that means for you is true authenticity. And I think I would tell my younger self, keep it, keep that. Because I think for a while, I, I think for as children, we are authentic. You understand? Like, think about it. When, as kids, we're not, I mean, we're obviously being conditioned as when we, as soon as we like get out of the, of the womb, so to speak, but it hasn't really set in. And as children, especially those first seven years, you understand, like you are, you are you. And I do specifically remember being like five, four, six years old or something and thinking, I don't want to grow up. I don't, I don't know about all these people, all these friends of mine that say they can't wait to grow up and they can't wait to do all this. this. I remember being like, I don't want to be that. I don't want to grow up. Why do you want to grow up? You're going to have responsibilities and you're going to have a job and you're going to have all these things. As a six-year-old and a five-year-old, you understand? And it's almost like I already knew that like life was going to come with all this burden of responsibility. <laughs> and I was very like free and curious and like open and exploring. And like, I loved exploring and all stuff. If I would have kept that, Instead of saying, oh, no, I'm going to push this aside now because I have to be a good worker and I have to be a good student. And I got to be a good this, you know, maybe things would have been different. But at the same time, who knows? Because now I'm here and I'm really, really excited and happy for who I am now. Right. But I guess be authentic would be uh, a good, good advice for anybody especially younger me. That's beautiful, babe. And I think a really strong message that's coming through for me from what you've just said as well is like, stop trying to appease everybody else <laughs> and just think about what you want. You know, what makes you happy? Like the unique set of circumstances that put you on this planet, like you are literally fueled with magic. Like you have so much potential and that's not potential to like be do and have all of the things that your parents expect of you or what society expects of you it's about what you expect of you and you can have anything you want in this world be brave with your life and have the courage to be who you came here to be and the awareness that you have been conditioned, as you said, since you came out of the womb, even before that, for your ancestry. And that is conditioning. And you can accept that and continue with your life. But if you're being called for something higher, and I'm guessing that you are, if you're still listening to us right now, have the courage to continue walking the path of your truth, because deep down, you know what it is. Yes. Listen, listen to those little whispers of the heart. They're telling you something. <laughs> yeah. Listen to that feminine part of you. That is the feminine coming out. Thank you for sharing the space with us today. If we resonated with you, we'd love to know. And if you enjoyed listening, please subscribe and you can find us on Instagram at The Feminine Gathering. And let's continue to navigate this new paradigm together.